serving one another and reaching out to all. Because as we engage in those uh, privileges, we, it, it helps to remind us and stir us to see all the more clearly how good we have it in Christ. There's a scripture, 1 John 3, 2 and 3, that speaks to this. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared yet what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, for we will see him just as he is. Now that's down the line, isn't it? But isn't that something to look forward to? And, and the next verse speaks to our four-part series as well. It says, everyone who has this hope, this hope of becoming like him, fixed on him, purifies himself. In other words, chooses to shun sin, chooses to lay aside earthly attachments for that better life he has for us. Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself even as he is pure. Now, doesn't that kind of make your mouth hang open in wonder and awe? And so all the more reason for us to continue to worship God, to grow in Christ, to serve one another and to reach out to all. And so with that in mind, today's message is about worshiping God. And I'm so grateful that Mark Canoli and Tim Abbott are going to bring us this word, because not only do they lead us into worship, they also live and breathe worship. And so we welcome them to our pulpit. And let me say a prayer for our message. Lord, we do thank you. We rejoice that you've given us the privilege of worshiping you. And we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive the full measure of the word you have for us today, Lord. And we pray that you would give Tim and Mark uh, just please, Holy Spirit, put wings to their words, Lord. And we, we pray your blessing upon this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. It's great to be with you today. I feel like this is a second home for me. Pastor Toby and I have been friends for a long time. We were kind of going back last night of our when we were kids doing folk music back in the day, right, Pastor Toby? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the atmosphere of worship this morning, which is, uh, is a great thing. And I want to just kind of set the stage a little bit. We're going to uh, break the word here. Let's, can we go to John 4 and 24, please? If you brought your Bible, please turn. John 24. Or John 4 and 24, rather. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And let's turn to Psalms 150. Another one of my favorite subjects. Psalms 150, let's go to verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. It's a good word. Worship and praise. You know, I noticed that there are 248 verses in the Bible that talk about praise and 182 that mention worship, but only three 
that actually come together. Um, and I was doing a little more research and noticed there were 373 verses that mentioned food, which really shows where our priorities are there. So don't start thinking about lunch. We've got a little ways to go now. Okay. So praise and worship. Kind of like two sides to the same coin, aren't they? And I, the way I view, this is kind of how I view it, but I think that I'm going to share what the word says about it too. But the, the way I view it is that Praise is that spirited time where it's uplifting. It's a, it's a time to really celebrate. It's a, it's a celebration of, of what God's done. And so the um, worship part is more meditative and tender. There's more of that opportunity for love and intimacy. So... I started thinking about what we were going to talk about today, and I, I thought about some questions that might come to our minds from time to time. And I thought it would be helpful for us to look at these questions, and and I'm hoping that the answers will give us a new insight, the answers that I came up with. So I'm going to just list the questions here, and then we'll go through them one by one. What is worship? Number one. Number two, what is it for? What is its purpose? Number four, why does music have to be involved? Duh. Um, number five, how do we know we're doing it right? And number six, what happens with real worship? So what is worship? Um, the best way I can describe it is like an open channel. A chance to commune with God. To get our eyes off of ourselves. You know, God loves us in ways that we will never understand. We will just never, we're not going to get it here. We won't get it until we get to glory, I think. But God loves us so much. We, we see it demonstrated. We know that he loves us so much he gave his only begotten son. But we hear that verse so many times. But think about what that really, really means. If you, if you get into your heart and think about what that really means, you're just like, oh, yeah, can you love a God like that? Can you worship a God like that? A God who's given us everything and the Lord who did so much for us. It's also a chance for us to thank him for what he's done. So we, we can come into his gates. That means the gates right there, those are the doors. Those are the gates to the church. We can come in with thanksgiving, with being thankful. We can kind of like lay aside every encumbrance. We can let go of everything that's been weighing us down, all the cares of this world, and we can come in and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. And when we worship, when we praise, there's that great opportunity for us to do that. Because, you know, you could say, well, we've got prayer, and prayer is awesome. Prayer is totally awesome. We know prayer changes things, and prayer is our, our chance to talk to God. But Mark and I were talking about this the other day. When we pray, it's kind of like a lot of it's us asking God for stuff. And, and Jesus told us to do that. He said, give us this day our daily bread. He, he asked us to, you know, to help us to forgive others, not by our flesh, but but the power of God. So we're, we're asking God to do things. We're praying for our family. We're praying for our friends. Hopefully we're 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 taking things to prayer. But. When you're in worship, that's a moment for God to 
commune with us. That's for that's a moment for God to come back to us. And so it's just an amazing thing. What is it for? I think the most important thing for us to establish is that God was God way before we got to this planet. God was God. God is God all by himself. Doesn't need our worship. Doesn't need it. He's God. He doesn't need it. He's fine on his own. But he gifted it to us. He created it for us to get our eyes off of our own situation, our own problems, our own lives. Because so much of our lives we spend thinking about what do I need? What do I want? When am I going to get it? All of those things that we're thinking about. And God gave us worship to get our eyes off of all that. Just take a break. Take a break right now and, you know, just focus on God. So it's an amazing gift. And the other thing I was thinking about, what an incredible privilege. You know, we think about how awesome it would be to be invited to the White House and meet the president or to go to the be, get a personal engraved invitation to go meet the queen or something. What an awesome thing. Awesome? No, that is, that's not awesome. Awesome is meeting God, <laughs> the God of the universe, the God that made everything. That's awesome. That's truly awesome. And we have that opportunity. We have that opportunity. It's so amazing. So what is the purpose? I mentioned earlier intimacy. It really is our time to be intimate with God. It's the time for us to say, God, I love you. So many of our songs say that, how much we love him, how much, how much we need him. When we enter into worship, there's an opportunity for us to be touched by him. And, and one of the great bonuses, I don't know if you've had it, but I've had it so many times, is he gives us that great feeling. Have you ever had that great feeling in worship? It's as I hear, I see some heads nodding. And I just have to tell you this morning that sometimes I just get so lost in it that I just, I, I don't know what happens to me. I just, I just leave. I just go and I'm caught up and it's awesome. I remember I was le- leading worship one time and it was just tears rolling down my eyes and I was just so into it. And uh, one of my friends came and said, were you crying up there, Tim? I was like, yeah, I do it all the time, you know, because God is moving on me so much that it's just an incredible feeling. And that incredible feeling is something that God gives us. It's what a great gift. And a lot of people are looking for that incredible feeling. But, you know, that remember that song, Looking for Love? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Old country song. It's real old. Maybe it's before your time. Okay. Anyway, I think a lot of people are looking for love and looking for that feeling in the wrong places. They're, they're looking for, through drugs, through promiscuity, through buying things or amassing things or just there's so many ways, power, all those things. Worshipping the creation instead of the creator. Worship of the creator, that's the real deal. That's the real deal right there. Worshiping the creator. That's, you can only get that real feeling 
when you're worshiping the Creator. So, why does music have to be involved? Well, for me, that's a no-brainer. So I'm a musician, so it doesn't actually have to be involved. You know, I was I was saying earlier that uh, I pulled into my parking place in front of our studio. Mark and I have a studio, and and the other day, and I just stopped and I just turned off my engine and I just stopped for a moment and started getting thankful. And all of a sudden, it just like I felt overwhelmed. I just felt praise coming on me. I felt a worship right there in my car. I didn't have to have music on. I didn't have to have anything. So can you worship without music? Absolutely. But aren't things better with music? Just everything's better with music, you know. Imagine a soundtrack for a movie without any music. It's just kind of like you wouldn't know when the suspense is coming, would you, <laughs> if, the, if the music wasn't there. And, you know, if, is anybody watching the Olympics right now? The, uh, they had a thing on last week of, of what the athletes play before they um, – do their event. And they were, you know, this one athlete was talking about, well, when I'm in training, I listen to this music. And when I'm doing this, I, I listen to this song. And when I'm in my event, I listen to this song. And then we've all seen the, the probably the trailer on TV with a guy going off the ski jump and, excuse me, while I kiss this guy. You know, Jimi Hendrix playing. So music is just all around us all the time. And music is such a great thing because sometimes when I hear a song, it's, I'm reminded of exactly where I was, sometimes what I was wearing, what the smells are like, everything, who I was with. All of those things just come flooding back to me. Music's a great way for me to remember Scripture because I... Chapter and verses, I, I know the, what it is, but the chapter and verse is always hard for me to find. But when I hear it in music, boy, it just bang. It just comes right into my mind. So does music have to be involved? No, but it is so awesome when it is. And here's what the, the Bible says about music. Again, I'm going to take you back to um, Psalm 150. And it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the psaltery and harp, those are like guitars, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with the string and horn instruments and the organs, praise him on the loud cymbals, Jim our drummer likes that by the way, praise him on the high sounding cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So right there, I think we're supposed to play music. How do we do? know we're doing it right? Well, first thing I think that's really important for us to know if we're doing it right or not is attitude. We have to come with the right attitude. So just I want to be an encouragement that when we worship, we must work worship in spirit and truth. That means being honest. That means coming in and being honest, not just going through the motions Oh, we're here to sing. It's like, what's the first song? Okay. Oh, do I? Okay. We go. Our minds, our bodies, our spirits in the moment, committed, not distracted, not lost in the past with our memories, not planning our future, what we're going to have for lunch, where we're going, vacation plan. No, in the moment. That's, that's when it happens. And, and I'm, I'm really trying to encourage you today to, to try to try to think of these things. I'm hoping to be an encouragement. I'm hoping to, to say to you, yes, 
let's let's really enter in. Let's try it. The Bible says taste and see. So try God. Taste and see. Try try to come in and, and have that moment where you fully commit to worship. A mind, body, soul, everything that's there. And what happens with real worship? That's the last question. Second Chronicles 7. This is the dedication of the temple. And they just sacrificed all the animals. And it's a big deal. And here's what, here's what it says in the Word. Now, when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord was upon the house, they bowed their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised. There they are together saying, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Now, this is an instance of the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory is that smoke that filled the temple. And that smoke doesn't have to be a physical smoke. It's not the, the burnt offering or anything else. That, that could be, that's a spiritual smoke. And I've seen it before. God's opened my eyes to see that Shekinah glory. And we have that is available to us when we come into worship. So when we come into worship, that moment where... The atmosphere is created. And, you know, I I thought about atmosphere and how important atmosphere is. Atmosphere is that moment where God has taken us up. Like the song says, take us up a little higher, Lord. You know, you hear the expression, come to our resort. It's heaven on earth. No, it's not. Heaven on earth is when you have that moment in worship and you're taken up. And I hear, I hear pastors say every once in a while, or somebody will say, the presence of the Lord is here. Well, the presence of the Lord is here all the time. He's everywhere. So if the presence of the Lord is here, guess who moved? We did. We moved. So what moves us? Praise and worship. Praise and worship can move us into that spot, that spot of heaven, that spot where we have... An amazing opportunity. It's a ticket into the throne room of God. You know, I was thinking about uh, this morning. I was thinking about the in Revelation 5 where the elders are there and the angels are there and the father's there and the and the Holy Spirit is in the lampstand and the and the lamb as if slain is before the throne and everyone is singing holy 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 this what we're doing now with worship that's a rehearsal that's a warm up for what's coming what opportunity we have to worship god and to praise god so every every moment that we do that we have a moment so if we humble ourselves God will take us up into that place where miracles can happen, healings can happen, answers come. Everything that we need can come to us through God's precious gift of worship. And I can just, I'm just here to encourage you today, please, let's give worship its due. 
It's awesome. It's an awesome gift from God. And if God gives you something, how precious is it? Please, please, let's give God all the honor and all the glory in our worship. I'm going to turn it over to my partner, Mark, right now. Thank you. God bless you. Good morning, saints. Hallelujah. Dear love the Lord. I don't know why that always kind of is uncomfortable to me. I ask, do you love the Lord? And ten people respond. I ask, do you love the Lord? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let me pray. Master, Lord, we come to you this afternoon in the strong name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, as you have given me the authority to stand in this pulpit this morning, Father, take my mind, take my heart, and take my lips. And let me speak the things to this congregation that you want them to hear. So anoint my words as they flow, Lord. Let let them pierce through the minds and hearts of this congregation. And let them bring change for your glory. Father, be glorified with everything I say, everything I do. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy, magnificent name. And all the saints agree with me, say Amen. Hallelujah. Well, before I get started, I have to do something here. Um, I'm way over 50 years old. And even though I printed my lesson out in an 18-point font, I still can't see it. That's better. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My message this morning, what the Lord gave me to share with you was the fruit of our lips, giving thanks and praise. Amen. The scripture comes from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. The Bible says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. And let them do so with joy and not grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, when a ship travels through the water, as its bow pierces through the water, it pushes back the water, leaving a protruding wave that splits the current, making the water unsettled as the ship progresses forward 
that unsettled water is called awake. Awake. Recent changes in the leadership here at this church has left this congregation in, in its own unsettled water, in its own wake, if you will. When the invitation came to me to speak to this congregation, uh, I began to seek the Lord about, Father, what, what do you want me to say? What is it? that you've placed in me, that you want to place in me, that I can impart to this congregation. And the father said, son, in the wake that's been happening around here lately, there are many people who are wounded, many people who are hurt, many people who are in fear. And if you don't talk about the wound, if you don't address the wound, then you're wasting your time, wasting their time, and most of all, you're waking my, wasting my time. And so, that which the Father has freely given me, I freely give to you this morning. Amen? We're talking about worship, and I'm going to tie it all together as we go. But let's start with the most obvious thing. Change. This congregation is going through a change. And the truth is, real change. I'm talking about change that leads an impact, that makes things better. Real change always comes. It always comes with pain, uncomfortability, unsettled. Amen? Real change is always, always difficult. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? Nothing changes without there being a, a difficult transition. But the truth is, no change never really happens. Nothing good ever happens unless there's change. Amen? Hallelujah. Nothing really grows without that difficult change. John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, or Jesus actually says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I want you to understand exactly what Jesus is saying. He says, it is the branch that bears fruit that gets cut. Understand that. The branch that bears fruit gets cut so that he may cause it to be more fruitful. Do you understand where are you tracking with me this morning? It is the branch that bears fruit 
that gets pruned or cut so that he may cause it to bear more fruit. Now, this church, this congregation is a branch that has already been alive and fruitful and thriving for years. Amen. This has been a great church to be a member of. It's been a great church to be a member of. Amen. And so God wants to make it better. And so it's the branch that bears fruit that gets cut. Are you guys tracking with me? Why? Understand that if the father has cut the branch, he wants to make this church better. He wants to make this church stronger. He wants to make this church more fruitful. He wants to make you, everybody say me. Everybody say me. He wants to make me blessed. He wants to bless this family even bigger. And he can't do that unless he prunes. So it's not just a separation, if you will, but it is a pruning that you may be stronger. And so with that, with that, difficult and hard choices have to be made. Amen? Difficult choices have to be made. Uh, Are they uncomfortable? Yeah. Do we like it? No. But do we trust in him who knows exactly what he's doing? Come on. Do we trust in the father who knows exactly what he's doing? Amen. I would sure like to believe so. The father has begun a good work here. In this, a good work here in this, con- I got one right over here, so thank you, brother. One, one brother who reckoned the Father has begun a good work here in this congregation, and he is going to finish the work he's already begun. And it begin, it's, 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 you got this church, this congregation. He's going to make you better. He's going to make you stronger. Because it's the branch that produces fruit. And you guys have been producing fruits for years. That's the branch that gets pruned. Are you guys tracking with me? Hallelujah. Now. There we go. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1. Verse 2 it says. My brethren and sisterin. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. How many of you are people of faith? Come on, make some noise in here. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. 
people of God, people of faith, people of ALCF, I think we need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. You know why? Because the master, the father of creation, he's making you better right now. He's making you a better church, a stronger congregation, more blessed, more prosperous. Amen. He's making you a better church. But you, you must let faith have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work. Amen. Hallelujah. So how do we handle the open wounds? The hurt feelings, that feeling of anger and frustration, that desire to rebel or to give up. You know, because of what we believe might have been a bad decision. How do we recover? How do we recover from this form of offense? How many people have been offended by the change? And how do we get over it? How can we be comforted when we have a fear of the unknown. Proverbs chapter 3. When things don't go the way we want them to go, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because you ain't going to get it unless he tells you. In all your ways, Acknowledge him, and he shall direct whose path. Everybody point to themselves and say, my path. Come on. He shall direct. Once again, he shall direct. Oh, hallelujah. He's a good God. Amen. The Lord knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are many scriptures in the Bible that talk about the power of music, the power of praise and worship to change the state of mind. The one in 1 Samuel where the Bible said that King Saul was tormented by a distressing spirit. And he called for David to come and bring his harp. The harp is an olden day guitar. It's got strings, you know what I'm saying? He called for David, and the Bible says whenever David played the harp, whenever David played the harp, then King Saul would become refreshed and well, and that distressing spirit would leave from him. God has given us praise and worship to help us adjust to the changing times and the transition through the challenges of our lives. God has given us praise and worship to help us transition through the challenges of our lives. Like my partner said earlier, every manner of blessing will manifest if you set your heart to worship God. Let me try that again. Every Manner of blessing will and can manifest if you set your heart to worship God. 
Hallelujah. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? Hallelujah. If this church is ever going to get recovery from the offense, and you will, because he's a faithful God, but you are going to have to give the offering of the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to this God. Now, what do I mean about that? Ladies and gentlemen, praise and worship is not just singing. It's not just singing and playing the music. But it's deeper than that. It's stronger than that. I don't like the way that people have used this phrase, uh, the sacrifice of praise in the past. I don't, I don't like the way they say it. They say it, they say it as if that you come to church and you're not really feeling it. You now really want to be there. And the music starts and you have to force yourself to raise your hands when you're not feeling good. And force yourself to, to praise the Lord and force yourself to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, come on. If you have to force yourself to worship God, is that giving him the best of your praise? Come on. If you have to force yourself to lift your hands, force yourself to open your mouth and sing, force yourself to come in one accord with the rest of the congregation, is that giving him the best? Come on. No. That's not the best. The sacrifice of praise begins long before you get to the church house. Long before. It's like you get up in the morning and you choose to consecrate yourself. What it means to consecrate is to set yourself apart. Find yourself where you can get along with God. And you begin to remember all the things that God has already done for you. Amen. You, have been, you begin to remember that God has already, he's blessed you. He's shown you his mercy. Shown you his grace. He's delivered you. He's honored you with the presence of his Holy Spirit. He's healed you. He's prospered you. He's given you peace. He's saved you. All the many benefits that the Lord has already bestowed upon you, your natural reaction when you take the time to remember, your natural, natural reaction is to say, Father, I praise you. I bless your name. You've been good to me. You've been good to me. There's never been a time in my life that God hasn't been good to me. Even when I was a young man and a fool out there doing foolish things, he was still good to me. Amen? Hallelujah. You remember who he is. You remember that he has never failed. He has never failed. And he's not going to stop now. He's not going to start failing now. Amen? So you use praise and worship to make that transition 
You step into praise. You make a commitment in your heart to remember who he is. And when you remember who he is, your natural reaction should be, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank him. Because you know that his plan for you is good and not of evil. Even if you are going through another trial. When he's done with you, you're going to be better. Better off than you were before this trial began. You can thank him not only in the midst of the trial. But you can actually thank him for the trial. Amen. Because listen to me, people. When the pruning comes, when a cut comes, it looks like an open wound. It only looks like an open wound. But when the father prunes, what is he doing? He's making room to make a bigger blessing in that that looks like the open wound. Are you guys tracking with me? When the father is making that cut, he's making room to double the blessing, quadruple the blessing, because that's the kind of God he is. Amen. I said, that's the kind of God he is. Hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? So commit, if you will, put your heart in a commitment to praise, commitment to worship. Set yourself apart and remember who he is. Remember what he has done. Remember that he's brought you through this before and he'll do it again. And each time he brings you through, he's going to make you stronger. He's going to make you better. He's going to elevate you. I'm talking about you, the church, the church. Amen. Not the house, but the people here. You are the church, not the house, but you people here. God is making you better. And I think that deserves a shout of praise. He's giving you victory this morning. Hallelujah, Lord. He will deliver us again if we show him a heart of thanks. So as my partner read from Psalm chapter 50, 150, let everything that has breath praise the master who still has everything under his control. It only looks like a, an open wound. It only looks like an open wound. And that's only for a season. But when he's brought you through this, whoo, whoo, my God, what's this church going to be like when God brings you through this? Come on. Hallelujah. Let the fruit of our lips give him thanks. Come on, Vinny. The Bible says when we are in fear, perfect love casts out all. Give it to me. Perfect love casts out all. Say it, y'all. All fear. If you're worried about what this church is doing, don't. Because perfect love is here. Amen. Perfect love is here. He's here now. Do you love the Lord this morning? 
Come on, do you love the Lord this morning? Stand to your feet, stand to your feet.